Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Yesterday's violent events in Washington, D.C. will go down in history. After Donald Trump's words rallied them to action, rioters who were bent on overturning results of the lawful election stormed the U.S. Capitol building as Congress tallied the Electoral College vote. Lawmakers were forced to flee the chambers and hunker down in offices. Some were evacuated to undisclosed safe locations. With 53 members, California has the largest congressional delegation in D.C. As the assault on the Capitol was happening, we reached out to some of them. Here's some of what they told us. I have to say that when I came over to the Capitol this morning, I did not have a good feeling. And I say that because I didn't see a heavy presence of uh, security protecting the Capitol. It looked like business as usual, and I knew it was a day that was not going to be that. So I did not have a good feeling. For the first time um, in perhaps ever, uh, putting aside the War of 1812, the Capitol was uh, forcibly breached. The rioters broke into the Capitol. They had broken windows, crashed through doors, and gone in, marched down Statuary Hall, and uh, went to the House floor as well as the Senate floor, causing the Capitol Police to actually bar the doors to the floor uh, with deaths with their guns drawn. I, I never imagined that I would ever see such a thing, ever. And make no mistake, this is an attempted coup, because... What they're trying to stop is not, you know, Congress debating infrastructure. Uh, They were trying to stop us from accepting the certified electoral college results showing that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won. And they're trying to prevent democracy from happening. Now we're just trying to work on responses to what happened. I urge uh, Vice President Pence to initiate 25th Amendment proceedings to remove Donald Trump. Well, I believe that uh, the party of Ronald Reagan died today. Uh, The cause of death was suicide. At first, he said nothing, and they pillaged and desecrated the Capitol. Then he said, well, demonstrate peacefully, which to them meant keep desecrating the Capitol, but don't kill anybody. Then finally, he snuck in the words, go home, in amongst a tirade against uh, the election and really against America. That was Silicon Valley Congresswoman Anna Eshoo, Pasadena Congresswoman Judy Chu, Torrance Congressman Ted Lieu, and Sherman Oaks Congressman Brad Sherman, all speaking from Capitol Hill yesterday. In response to yesterday's attack on the U.S. Capitol, elected officials were evacuated to secure locations and told to shelter in place. 
One of them was Nanette Diaz-Baragon, a Democrat from Los Angeles County. I reached her by phone in her office yesterday as the chaos was still unfolding. It's a situation where we're barricaded in our office, the door's locked. When you hear people um, walking down the hallways, you don't know if they're protesters or you don't know if they're you know, people who work here. So we're just trying to get word on, on when the building is secure. And I just really want to underscore that you're a member of Congress in your congressional office in the nation's capital. And as we speak, your doors are locked for your own safety. And when you hear footfalls outside, you don't know if it could be an angry protester trying to overturn the election or a Capitol Hill police officer. That's right. And it reminds me of when you hear the stories of these school shootings where, you know, kids say, I found a room and I locked the door and I just sat and I waited. And it feels like we're just sitting and waiting now. Mind you, I'm not hearing the gunshots. Um, we're watching the screen and we're looking out the window. Um, but it's a matter of waiting to have somebody tell us that our building is secure. Uh, we've also heard reports of them finding a pipe bomb of some sort, an IED. So I think that raises the issues of the whole, all these buildings are going to need to be swept uh, and uh Frankly, it's terrorizing members of Congress and our attack on our democracy. Let me ask you about the guy down the street from you at the White House, President Trump. Do you hold him personally responsible for creating conditions that could threaten your safety and the safety of your congressional colleagues? Absolutely. I certainly do. Uh, Not only uh, did he go out uh, to his rally and effectively incite violence, his supporters, you had Rudy Giuliani out there talking about combat. Um, and the people who are here that are terrorizing the Capitol and people at the Capitol, they are in military gear. Some of them have bulletproof vests on, helmets on. They have riot gear. They didn't come to peacefully protest. They came to start a problem, to stop what was happening. And so I absolutely hold this president responsible. Uh, and frankly, we need to have everybody, regardless of party, standing up to the violence Uh, And it would have been nice had they done it uh, earlier, not waiting until it it came to this point. All right. Thanks for joining us. And we really wish you and your staff all the best and and do stay safe. Great. Thank you. That's Congresswoman Nanette Diaz-Baragon of Los Angeles, who I spoke to yesterday. Meanwhile, California leaders are reacting to the insurrection in D.C. Governor Gavin Newsom, along with the mayors of Los Angeles, San Diego, San Jose, and San Francisco, condemned it. Mayor London Breed of San Francisco tweeted that it was, quote, an attempted coup encouraged by the President of the United States. As chaos enveloped the U.S. Capitol, there were also protests here in California. In downtown Los Angeles, pro-Trump demonstrators clashed with counter-protesters and police, resulting in some arrests. The scene outside of the Capitol building in Sacramento was tame by comparison. Cap Radio Scott Rod was there. Trump supporters, young and old, waved flags, sang along with patriotic anthems, and repeated familiar chants. There were hundreds at the unpermitted demonstration. Many promoted the conspiracy theory that Democrats stole the presidential election. Others were there pushing the effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. A woman named Sherry traveled all the way from Los Angeles County to attend. She declined to give her last name. We need to stop and recount everything. It's about having the integrity of our vote so that the next time I go out and vote in two years from now, um, I can be assured that it's a fair vote, a fair count. States across the country have conducted recounts and audits, some under Republican secretaries of state. They found no evidence of widespread fraud. 
Other protesters gathered in Sacramento to denounce Newsom's COVID-19 restrictions. Police detained several demonstrators as a few skirmishes broke out near the protest. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Yesterday's insurrection has many Americans asking themselves how the country reached this point. One of them is Professor James Taylor of the University of San Francisco. He's a political scholar and the author of the book Black Nationalism in the United States, from Malcolm X to Barack Obama. I reached out to Professor Taylor yesterday, and he reflected on what drove people to storm the U.S. Capitol. What we have right now is a disconnect between the different disenchanted segments of America who see themselves more as enemies and rivals rather than as common Americans experiencing part of the decline of, you know, this great country. There's nothing else that keeps America together. There's no common history. There's no common thing that makes us like the people who are the Israelis or the people who are the Egyptians or the people who are from different African countries. They feel like they are a we. Americans don't feel like we are a we. Americans feel like we are a we and a they. And that is part of the crisis of our country. And while Professor Taylor believes the black community is making powerful strides on behalf of our democracy, he still thinks this kind of progress is the exception rather than the rule. This is tragic for me. Because I have three children, and now I have to leave this earth in the next 25 years or, or sooner, knowing that my children are inheriting an America where white people held up and voted for an open racist, an open fascist, an open rapist, an open person that is xenophobic, and they are fine with it, and they want him to come back again in 2024. So I don't think at this point... Um, people should be asking African-Americans about themselves. I think the black community is healthy. I think the black community demonstrated spiritual maturity and democracy in Georgia throughout the primary. Black America's voting and the voting of others uh, combined helped save this democracy. This white reaction to perceived black advancement has always been a plague on black America. So from Reconstruction, for 10 years, the perception is black people advance. So whites who held them in chains for decades and centuries said that's black domination. Just because blacks got free. The idea that King comes along, Ronald Reagan is the backlash. Obama comes along, Trump is the backlash. The reality is this. Racism in, racism in America is quotidian. It is pedestrian. It is normal. What's abnormal is Reconstruction. What's abnormal is the breakthrough with Martin Luther King. What's abnormal is the eight-year presidency of Barack Obama. Now things have been reset under Trump, and now we're back under that. Now the question is whether 
Biden-Harris are another one of these temporary disruptions. What I'm saying to you is similar to what Hannah Arendt said. Hannah Arendt said that violence in the Western tradition is the norm, and every once in a while peace breaks out. And that's what I'm saying. Racism is our norm, and every once in a while, a breakthrough like Jackie Robinson, Martin Luther King, Reconstruction, Kamala Harris, or Obama break out. But then we always reset back to the old uh, norm, and that's what Trump was. But then, of course, we saw the black reaction to Trump was electoral, and that's what we saw completed last night. Again, that was Professor James Taylor of the University of San Francisco talking about the insurrection at the Capitol yesterday. Members of California law enforcement and civil rights leaders expressed dismay and outrage at the seemingly tepid response to the insurrectionists who stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to overturn the election. They say the response would have been very different if the crowd was made up of people of color. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. Last summer, the nation watched as largely peaceful protests against racism were met in many cities with violent police response. On Wednesday, footage in Washington, D.C. showed violent extremists overwhelming Capitol Police, who appeared in some videos to simply step aside. I was watching this and I was thinking, if that crowd was composed of black and brown people, we would be shot dead. That's Eva Patterson, a San Francisco civil rights lawyer who's long been involved in police accountability efforts. Instead, they're being courteously escorted away. They're just walking home, taking selfies. I saw one police officer help one of the rioters get down the stairs of the Capitol. I'm going, what? Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon, a former San Francisco police chief, agreed that the rioters were treated differently than peaceful black and brown protesters who flooded streets this summer. He also called the lack of preparation by police inexplicable. You know, I'm sure there is going to be um an investigation i mean this is this was predictable uh i mean the president has been basically asking people to come in and and riot and they did and for the capitol police to be so unprepared is, is hard for me to understand but 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Staub of the National Police Foundation defended the way it was handled, saying Capitol Police don't have expertise dealing with this sort of crowd and likely retreated into the building to protect lives inside. So now you have a question of where's my greater obligation to protect human life, that being the vice president and the members of Congress, or to protect the property? My guess is somebody made the right decision. California Congressman Eric Swalwell was on the House floor when the mob broke into the Capitol. While praising Capitol Police for keeping members safe, he says lawmakers should never have to flee the nation's seat of power again. I remember being on a run a couple months ago during many of the Black Lives Matter protests after George Floyd's death and just seeing the Capitol as a fortress with you know dozens of police uh, standing at the steps. And that was not what happened today. Um, it is a wonder um, why it wasn't more, you know, fortified to protect, you know, the, the continuity of, of government. Bay Area pastor and civil rights activist Michael McBride went a step further, saying law enforcement seemed to have a comfort level with white nationalists that needs to be scrutinized and that those involved in Wednesday's violence must be prosecuted. I think every person who was involved in this needs to be arrested and prosecuted and, and a punishment, a consequence needs to be meted out as a deterrent. Criminal prosecution may be out of Congress's hands, but Swalwell says there will be an investigation into how the extremists were able to breach the People's House.
For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. And finally, there is a tragic California connection to what happened in Washington, D.C. yesterday. The woman who was shot and killed while storming the Capitol building was 35-year-old Ashley Elizabeth Babbitt of San Diego. She was an Air Force veteran and supporter of President Trump. And that's the California Report for Thursday, January 7th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a good day. Support for the California Report comes from Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the Earth needs a good lawyer. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com and Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from DrinkHint.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!